and the award for best podcast goes to this podcast. Real talk, though, we did win best art podcast 2019 from Discover Pods and best podcast overall from Celeb Mix for 2019. So shout out to everybody for making this happen. The art podcast one is ridiculous and the celebrity one was great because it was on some tabloid website. I'm here for it. Thanks to everybody who voted for the celebrity one. <laughs> but before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I'm going to keep saying it until the show happens on January 22nd, Wednesday in Phoenix, Arizona, Potterless will be live. My special guest will be Johnny Frolicstein. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We have something ridiculous planned. I'm so excited. If you want to get tickets before they sell out, head on over to bit.ly slash potterlessphx, all lowercase. Also, it's the first episode of Potterless in January, meaning that it's donation time. Here at Potterless, every month we donate $1 for every member of our team over at patreon.com slash potterless. Just an update on 2019, we raised $9,429 for charity, which is absolutely bonkers. This brings our total career Potterless money given to charity to $14,181. You all are fantastic. Thank you so much for making this happen. For this month, we have 862 patrons at the time of recording, meaning I'll be giving $862 to the NSW Rural Fire Service. So I'm sure all of you are aware by now, the brush fires that are going on in Australia, they are absolutely devastating. And I can't even fathom what I'm seeing in these pictures and videos. I am so sorry my heart goes out to everyone that is affected by these. This charity gives funds directly to the firefighters that are putting out these fires, putting their lives on the line to do so. So I thought it was a worthy cause for this month. And thanks to everyone who reached out and provided me with more information about the situation going on. I really hope this gets resolved as soon as possible. If you want to learn more about this particular charity, you can go to rfs.nsw.gov.au. And speaking of the Patreon team, we have new members on that team. So shout out to Ido, Idy, Lizma, Amy Pettit, Macy Torres, Kevin Gammon, Rebecca Tarn, RJ Ruff, Natasha Penfield, Fanny Hoovenin, Kristen Flores, Francesca Mangoni, Sarah Taylor, Alyssa Mackenzie Harrison, Christina Lacasse, Ellery Nelson, and the return of Pinky Pan. A name correction for Becca Spry, a pronunciation correction for Reese Dignan, and shout out to Dave Lenner, Katie Ozen, and Kayflo, who upgraded their pledge. A huge shout out to Adam Graham, who upgraded to the producer level status, as well as our new producer level patrons. Joseph Toro, Courtney Harris, T Run Money, and Madison. They join the ranks of Vicky Aaron, Jesse Clow, Marchismo, Samantha Juan, Rose Marie, Marie, Lisa, Romina, Audra, Eleanor, Rossan, Nikita, Ali, Amelia, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Ingen, Alex, John, Noel, Emily, Liz, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Rory, Gloria, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Summer, Andrea, Lynn, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Netta, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Sarah, Marta, Erin, Eileen, Violet, Lindsay, Keegan, Miranda, Galan, Mr. Folk, Maya, Kieran, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Peter, Skyla, Adele, Professor, Threat, Ellie, Daniel, Lee, Lily, Elizabeth, Michael, Tiffany, Kelly, Carrie, Connie, Mary, Jennifer, Jaden, Nedry, Will, Samantha, Kayla, Aurora, Emma, Out of Context, Marcos, Hannah, Courtney, Victoria, Marie, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, Julie, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Anna, Fake, Brianna, Jenny, Sarah, McKenna, Mary, Joy, Heather, Dead, Cat Lady, Javi, Darlene, Brad, Thomas, Charlotte, Brianna, Kevin, Lori, Chrissy, Bugaboo, Jarl, Haley, Emma, Ashley, Pita, Sophie, Jack, Jen, and Nicole, Callahan, Kylo, Leah, Melissa, Jordy, Bella, Melanie, Bill, Victoria, Joe, Elizabeth, Britt, Molly, Becca, Anthony, Rees, Adam, Steamed Nuggets and Can't I Potter? Who never forget that they have to check into their Southwest flight 24 hours before the flight departs and they get stuck with C-58 for check-in. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes such as the one that I just posted earlier today, which is Potterless Live from Boston LeakyCon with Chris Rankin, aka Percy Weasley, some good stuff is on there. There's also director's commentary, my notes, discounts on the merch store, exclusive merchandise. You can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 107 of Potterless, the first of three parts about the film at Adaptation of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, guest starring Miel Bredo and Bettina Campomanes.
internet and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man who never read the Harry Potter books as a kid. He read them as an adult and now he's watching all of the movies. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that grown man and I'm here joined by two of my lovely Vine friends from back in the day here in the studio in person. We've got Miel Bredo, host of Punch Up the Jam and Bettina Campomanes who did the music for Horse and for Potterless and a good friend that's now doing all sorts of film stuff and all of that. Miel and Bettina, how's it going? Oh God. A pleasure to be here in such good company. It's I crazy to Bettina. be here. Oh my god, I love you too. She's so I love cute. everyone here. When I messaged Miel that Bettina was going to be the other guest, you replied and you said, "Great, I love that bitch." Told and you. then I replied, "Yes," because I did not want to say. And then you told me. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, and I was like, I too love that bitch. I took. A, I refrained. What's it called? I took an unbreakable vow. Yes, you did. Nice. Great. I got the lingo down. I took an unbreakable vow to stand by Bettina. <laughs> it's very good. Incredibly on brand because we're going to be talking about the sixth movie, which is my least favorite just because the sixth book is my favorite. And it really makes oh, me sad that maybe. I didn't think the movie didn't live up to the expectations of the book. Okay. Out the gate with mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. How do you feel about it? So for everyone listening, Miel has read the books and seen the movies. Bettina yes. has only seen the movies, though you said you read the first book twice. Yeah, because so I read the first book like when I was younger thinking, you know what? I'm going to hop on this train. Everyone's talking about it. Then suddenly, you know, everyone's talking more about the movies and I'm more of a visual person going mm. into film and stuff. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to be like in the movies and not ever read the books which is very ignorant of me um fine. <laughs> can i ask too you grew up in the philippines right i did so were people as obsessed with harry potter books then than there i'm pretty sure yeah i guess in my circles everyone every, yeah everyone was talking about it but yeah i read the first book for the second time like a year ago <laughs> okay <laughs> so quite recently uh-huh. thinking this is my time to shine i'm finally gonna read all that nope <sighs> nope didn't happen just life ended up happening, True. you know, things get in the way. I understand. I've been there. All those things. But it's never too late. You can always Especially start. in New York, there's so much time to read here. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to drive a car. It's so nice. Multitasking on yeah, the train is fantastic. You can read a book, dude. You can edit your podcast. Or watch a movie. We're talking about Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. So yes, we'll be talking about it. I guess just like opening thoughts. What are your feelings about the movie in general? How do you feel? Likes, dislikes? I remembered liking it when mm-hmm. I saw, you know, the midnight showing. The did you see it at the reveal? I did. Amazing. I can't stress enough how obsessed with with Harry Potter, I was. Were you in costume or just regular clothes? I think I drew a lightning bolt on my head. Very good. But like, I'm not gonna actually get a cloak because then I have to store the cloak the rest of the year and mm-hmm. space is tight. And I they don't... take up a lot of room. A cloak is huge in the closet. And yeah. The polyester material never fun. Well, that's why you got to get the high end cloak. Ooh. But then you <laughs> spent a lot of money on a cloak. Right. So I did go, and I remembered thinking it was good in theaters. But I also was what? Like, what year did this come out? Two thousand. <laughs> 10? Alexa, uh, when <laughs> did Harry Gets constipated Potter think about it. What year did it come out? <laughs> According to my great friend Google, July 15th, 2009 in the United States. 2009, right. So then I was 20, right. I think probably that had something to do with that I enjoyed it. <laughs> I just haven't seen that many movies yet. Because <laughs> I tried to rewatch it last night and I could not stay engaged. Mm-hmm. It was just clinically boring. Yeah. Why? The ending, I think it comes around, but up until the action-y stuff, it's a bit of a slog. And it's a good book. I yeah. feel like I'm pretty sure the last 
episode, the other time I did this yeah, show, it was, book was this book, right? It was, yeah, Because yeah. I remembered the thing under Ron's tongue, the bazaar or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, hang on, this feels very familiar. <laughs> Why is it so boring? The book was so entertaining! <laughs> How do you feel about having only seen the movie, Bettina? Well, I was in the sixth grade, I remember uh-huh. that. Okay. <laughs> I was very excited for, I mean, I know I've only seen the films, but I just, I wanted to share with the hive, you know? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be where everyone was and made a shirt on it, <gasps> just made the whole thing. What did it look it like? Was, well, yeah, what was on it? It was the, it was the, it was the thing. It was the, the, the triangle, the, 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 the Oh, the Deathly the, Hallows? Yeah. I think you mean the Triforce. <laughs> <laughs> the tri- <laughs> I, I really tr- was tried. Mm-hmm. I forcefully tried there it is. <laughs> to make the shirt and I watched it. You know, I just ended up wanting more of it. I feel like a lot of films, especially with that film and um, what film did the same thing? It was um, in the Harry Potter series. There was Harry Potter, but there was also um, the Golden Compass. Oh, uh, whatchamacallit did it. Twilight. Twilight. Twilight they did the yes. books, movies right Twilight around the same time. Twilight did it. And was it Catching Fire? No. Was it? Him? That's no. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. They did those a little bit. That was a little yeah. Where they split it in two. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> No, I don't even know because I couldn't get past the second Hunger Games book. I really didn't enjoy it. Brave to try to read it. I mean, I wanted to. I always enjoy with big movies that are coming out. I like to try to get a picture in my head reading the book first before I see it. Uh, I never got to experience that with Harry Potter because the movies are all out. You already see pictures of what everything looks like. So when I was reading it for the first time, I kind of like half the things I envisioned were the movie stuff. Like it's hard for me to see McGonagall look like anything except for Maggie Smith. Even I did read the books and the vision I initially had in my head got so corrupted the second I saw the visuals they assigned to it. Like I remember reading it and thinking Snape pardon me if I've said this before, looked like Marilyn Manson in my head. Oh, that's good. And then the yeah, second yeah. the movie came out, I was like, that's not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> that's We've got this all wrong. <laughs> but I, I wanted to do that for Hunger Games when everyone was all this hype. Oh, they're making this movie. It's really good. So I read the first book and I really liked it. And then I tried to start to read the second one and I couldn't get past it because Katniss as the narrator was just so annoying vocal fry (laughs) it was just very oh Peter's hanging around and he's so nice to me and it's so annoying because he's doing so many things yeah why can't liam hemsworth just uh the i forget the character's name but that's the the hot one yeah Yeah, yeah, the hot one that didn't do anything she's like why can't he do more stuff i have this guy that's great made me very upset so i couldn't do it anyway we're talking about the sixth movie so (laughs) it starts right off the bat in a very different way from the book but (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> My note just says, Death Eaters can break a bridge by flying around it? <laughs> Physics? <laughs> I was rewatching going, I don't understand how this works on any level. The flying of the Death Eaters is so interesting. So in the books, they don't fly like that. They just apparate, which is basically like teleporting a la Nightcrawler in X-Men, where they just kind of like poof, poof, and it makes a loud noise. What? Right. But in the movies, they make it flying, which sucks because in the seventh movie for the seventh book, it's the first time Voldemort flies and everyone freaks the fuck out because no one can fly. Yeah. It just makes it less cool. They look like Dementors at first. Yes, they do. Which confused me a lot. Yeah. It's super confusing. I feel like they, I don't know, maybe I've read too many think pieces, but I feel like having one of the only women of color in the movie hitting on him at the beginning Mm -hmm. it felt like you know when um star wars is accused of like not having enough gay characters so they like have a single extra scene with one it's like lip service in such a way i don't know maybe i'm reading it no i don't think there was another i don't think there's another person of color that says a line in the movie no i think that the friend of the girl who gets cursed maybe 
Oh, yes. And then but you've got Dean Thomas is like kind of there. I don't think he actually says anything, though. I think he just makes out with Ginny and then is talked about. And okay. that's it. And he's black. But yeah, not great. These movies, not great for representation. And every time I watch them, I'm reminded of that. But yeah, the <laughs> flying of the Death Eaters, it can destroy a bridge. And then later in the movie, apparently there are also bombs because they fly through the burrow. And then the burrow is on fire. fire! So, I know. <laughs> so either their flying can do everything or the Weasleys have explosives in their house. Why is there no spell to undo a fire? There is. What? And they also, they use, there's a spell called Aguamenti, and Harry even does it in the movie. And in the book, they do it to extinguish Hagrid's hut when Hagrid's hut catches on fire. But yeah, they all just stand around the burrow and watch it catch on fire. Okay, and also, quick question. <laughs> At the top where he finds Slughorn in that, like, Muggle's vacation home or right. whatever, they're quickly able to make it clean again? Yes. Can you do that with a fire? Unburned. There should be something, you would think. The, that came up a lot watching this The movie. one thing that you could say is that if it was a dark fire, if it's like a dark magic, you can't necessarily undo it. But I don't know that that's the case when they just fly through the burrow. Sometimes fire's good. You, you know, can't say it's dark magic. S'mores. Campfires. Roasting chestnuts. Oh, brother. Maybe they were just cold. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to warm it up. It is England. Very cold. So... Yeah, the intro is very different. They have the ringing sound of Bellatrix saying, I killed Sirius Black. And then there's the photos of Harry immediately after this happened, which I think is kind of cool. But the intro in the book is very different. So the way that the book starts, Bettina, they show you the muggle prime minister. So the normal people, regular English prime minister. That's us. Having, <laughs> having a meeting with the minister of magic, the wizard prime minister. And basically the muggle prime minister is like, what's going on, man? And then he's like, yeah, there's this guy, Voldemort. He's kind of back. I'm really sorry. People are dying. And it's this really interesting scene because it's one of the few times you get the muggle perspective. And it's also the first chapter of the book and no character that you really care about is there, which I always thought was such a fun way to start the book. That's and so then cool. they didn't do it for the That's movie. That's like the ultimate collab. Yeah, we right? We to the crossover we deserve. The crossover we deserve. <laughs> I also want to throw out there, you said the muggle perspective and I'm yes. feeling like since you're going to run out of content soon with this podcast, that's what <laughs> Don't you should write. <laughs> oh, I should write. You should write Harry mm. Potter as a random muggle living in London. It would be very good. <laughs> what they viewed. We've had Eric Schneider has said multiple times that he wants like a The Office of just like normal wizards, but you could also do it for muggles where it's just like someone in London while like <laughs> that bridge sparse. breaks down and you're like, yeah, there were like big black clouds and then the bridge broke. Also, people continually running into a wall in the train station. Mm-hmm. And just like, that's the wildest thing. Must have seen it. Had to have. Imagine if you were in Grand Central or one of the other popular subway stations here and someone just walks through a brick wall. Can we go into one of the other popular subway stations here? <laughs> See, I wouldn't notice that if I tried. I'm so not attentive in this fucking city. Yeah. Like someone like punches another dude and someone's like, did you see that? And I'm like, huh? Wait, what are you looking at then? That's all I do. When I have somewhere to be, I only look at that. I only think of that. It's probably a better method. She just looks the at the cover art of the music that she's listening to. On a her war phone. could break out, but I'm just thinking about like what I'm gonna eat, and I'm like, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, treat oriented. We're getting <laughs> so they change up that intro. It makes me a little sad. After you have this bridge breaking scene, you have the wild Harry hitting on this random waitress at the bar who looks about ten years older than him. She's hot though. Good looking. Eleven p.m. Good fro. That's when I get off work. Yeah. 
It just becomes a different movie. It's very strange. All of a sudden, Harry is like concerned with dating people and has some semblance of game. Right. Which not the case for Harry. Historically, the opposite of true. Yes. And also, where's this cafe that's inside a train station, but also chic? Mm-hmm. I would love to go there. <laughs> Maybe London's just different. I don't know. Maybe the tube is just not our subway. The tube. <laughs> the tube. But then the reveal of Dumbledore is so fun because Harry's just at this cafe, goes up to the window, which is very foggy and got a lot of perspiration on it, wipes it aside. Steamy-ass window. (laughs) Wipes it. (laughs) Yeah, does the dramatic hand thing Mm -hmm. down the pane, and then the train goes by, and then Dumbledore's just standing there with his hands at his side. (laughs) You know that meme of just like, (laughs) I'm standing in the corner of my room telling my mom I threw up at 3 (laughs) a.m. Just like like that. (laughs) Every muscle's like weirdly flexed. I've not seen that meme, but that's great. It kind of reminded me of the, the, the little monkey in the jacket in the window meme in though. Ikea. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. chilling. <laughs> I remember seeing that scene or like that movie in general and thinking that that's the first time that Dumbledore felt very sassy. Ooh. Abruptly sassy mm-hmm. compared to all the other This movie. Yeah. Can this I spoil movie. the end? Yes. Or, okay. <laughs> Spoiler I alert. I think that they were like fuck Dumbledore's about to die. <laughs> We got to give him a lot of character development in mm-hmm. the 11th hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> suddenly he's just a different character. Yeah, I think that comes through a little bit in the book because the whole thing with the fifth book is that Dumbledore tried to keep his distance from Harry and it backfired. So in the book, you got a little bit of him more opening up to Harry. Right. But he played I, hard to get. It didn't work out. Exactly. So now, he, now he's texting way too much and it's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> you up? Harry. Harry, you up? Harry, hey, you up? Hey, my phone's being kind of weird. I don't know if my last message went through. <laughs> and now he's just literally stalking <laughs> and he's like, come with me, forget her. We gotta go, bro. He's messaging on every app like, I'm. So- oh, I sent you a, hang- a Gchat Hangouts <laughs> message. I don't know if you saw my Snapchat DM or whatever those are. Yeah, I think it just feels a little bit more rushed because this whole movie feels rushed. Yeah. It, this one, they should have split into two like they did for the seventh we book. We could have also lost the Quidditch stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of fat I'm that could have been trimmed. Yeah. <laughs> but... I don't know. I do appreciate, though, that after Dumbledore picks up Harry and they start to go on the Slughorn mission, Dumbledore asks Harry, I thought you might be wondering where we're going. And then Harry says, quote, after all these years, I just sort of go with it. I think that's a very good line. Like a great way to summarize just like, man, you and your shit, Dumbledore. This (laughs) is a rom-com. They shot this wrong. Yeah. Have you seen there is a, a YouTube video that's going around of like the trailer of I think it's this movie where they reshoot it and then just put all like the classic 2001 rom-com songs behind it. <laughs> no. So it's just like if Half-Blood Prince was a rom-com and they just like do all the cuts and they put like like work it out in the background and all those classic trailer songs from the I want to hear two 2000s. princes behind it. Yes. <laughs> if you... <laughs> You're really breezing past, in my opinion, the best part of this oh, movie, please. which is when they find Slughorn and he's a chair. Oh, I haven't gotten to that yet. Okay, but... good. Okay, good. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's all good yeah so they go to the house slughorn is there and he is a chair and honestly the whole cgi transition of this is Amazing. actually really good chair daddy i want to know i really want to see the behind the scenes of like how much of what he was wearing was physical prop versus cgi like did they have three different levels a of pajama suit that was inflated <laughs> yeah. jim broadbent come on the pod i have so many questions <laughs> 
Wait, who did you ask to come on the pod? The actor. Oh, the actor. Sorry, I'm so bad. Is he famous for stuff? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the fun thing after is, this podcast is over, you gotta watch every movie starting I, I'm with gonna Moulin have to. Rouge. Oh, well, <laughs> you the, don't need to see that. Okay, movie. good. What? So, <laughs> you don't need to see that movie. What else is, is what else besides Moulin Rouge is he in? It's okay if you don't know off the top off of your the head. Top of my dome. I, I think he might be the dad in Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's a cl- he's a very famous actor. Yes. You've seen him in a lot of stuff. What I've gathered is that that's what they did for all of these movies. Like they just get some Dude, really accomplished British, British person. British movies for some reason stack the cast in any yeah. Paddington. Mm-hmm. Even like the smallest like two line characters are like, let's see if we can get mm, Hugh Jackman or yeah. whatever. Not a British actor, but yeah. you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sub him out with an actual British person. Because well, even I've, I always forget the guy's, the guy's name. Who's the actor that played Moriarty? in um, Sherlock. Oh, the new one? Oh. Yes. Because he, he was also in Fleabag. And yes, our, Andrew. Andrew. He's the hot priest. <laughs> hot priest. Andrew Scott. Hot, Andrew Taylor. Hot, hot, Andrew Scott. Hot. Andrew Scott. Scott. Hot priest from He seems like a Scott. Fleabag is... Wow, it's just all these super cuts of uh, Andrew Scott. Yes, yes. okay. <laughs> it's just a lot of YouTube videos of like every hot priest scene in Fleabag season two. <laughs> Fleabag, two minutes of the hot priest being hot. <laughs> but I remember watching Fleabag season two and he was just like in the first scene. Yeah. And I was like, I thought this was supposed to be like some low budget, like little low made bu- on a whim. Olivia Colman's in that show. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> that is what I've gathered. But yeah, he does great. But I do want to know how the transition of couch to pajama what was real what was cgi did they have three different versions like here's couch step one here's couch Bettina, step you're the two. film person here oh my god <laughs> Tina makes but tina tell us what happened man i can't tell you there's so many things if it's if i can't tell it's probably really brilliant okay <laughs> nice unless i'm dumb oh no you're, you're not, not dumb. dumb you're not dumb. <laughs> you're not dumb you're not don't dumb, say Bettina. that you're incredibly smart take it <laughs> <laughs> but i remember like watching that scene i'm like wow now i want to be a chair <laughs> uh, <laughs> like oh. it's it's like it's like that little boy who who was like, Mom, I want to be pants for Halloween. <laughs> like, no, I want to be a chair. <laughs> I have the exact same emotional response. <laughs> it's deeply relatable. It's very good. The other thing that's great in the scene is the CGI that they do for putting the house back together is really cool. Dude, it's that little piece seamless. of the chandelier under Harry's foot. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's really fun. I wanted to eat it. It was that good. <laughs> it looks tasty. Expensive <laughs> stuff always looks like it tastes good. <laughs> So then you get the scene of Slughorn being creepy Slughorn. I really don't like Slughorn as a character because he's just so gross. Like what, an adult. He's like that, a starfucker? Yeah. Can but, you swear on this but, podcast? Yes, you can. He's I a got star the red screwer. E. <laughs> I don't, I just, the fact that he does that, but then also for children is just, uh, it's so. Stage mom. Yeah, but a wee, even worse, like collecting humans is so. Have you ever been to LA? <laughs> uh, I have, and I have not enjoyed it. <laughs> The first time I went to L.A., I was actually driving from San Francisco with Danny B. Go to hang out with L.A. Viners. Oh, my God. And we what did, an era. Oh, I know the times. And You Danny B. went there. Uh, I know. <laughs> very good, very good. But I remember we drove into L.A. and, like, once I crossed into the city limits, just all driving rules went out the window, and yeah. I felt so uncomfortable. I There was a red light that turned green, and no joke, three seconds went by, and then a car just zoomed by at 100 miles an hour yeah i was like i want to leave please take me home also the rule if you're any listeners out there just moved to la just so you know when the light turns red three cars get to turn left <laughs> that's the rule it's three it's just everyone accepts that three cars are going to turn left after the lights already turn red i hate it i love being on a subway so much i love that i don't have to drive it 
I just sit and I edit my podcast. All you got to drive is this podcast. What are we talking about, brother? Oh, Have blood God, I, man, you are so on top of things. Look at you, professional podcaster. So <laughs> they bring Slughorn, or Slughorn brings Harry over to the little place where he's got all the pictures of people. And he says, all mine, each and every one. And I hate it so much and my blood oh boiled. My. Ugh. Really not a fan. Super gross. I don't Did he like not him. say that in the book? I think he does, but it's just even grosser when you get to see and hear some old guy being like, ooh, I even taught these people and now I get free perks and I get free tickets to this Quidditch match, but I don't go to the games. I don't know. I don't like him. After leaving this, doing the whole Slughorn stuff, they go to the burrow and Harry teleports with Dumbledore, they apparate, and then looking at the burrow, he sees Ginny in the window, and the face that Daniel Radcliffe makes when he sees Ginny is so funny. It's this weird, like, like smirky smile, which I guess they haven't really established in the movies that Harry's a crush on Ginny, so they're like, okay, Daniel, please look as awkward as humanly possible when you see her from afar in the window. Come face emoji. Yeah, it's just a really... I feel like they should have gone the Wayne's World route with it. How funny would it have been if they just went to slow-mo and started playing Dreamweaver. Oh, that would have been good. Go for it. You know Go what I mean? Go full fledged. Yeah, don't a hint at it. What mm-hmm. is this? Subtle movie? No. <laughs> it's Harry Potter, baby. Hit me over the head with it. <laughs> so here's a sad realization that I made while watching this movie. Up until this point, a lot of people like to give the actress who played Ginny a lot of crap for doing a bad job. And Oh, in- what? Really? Yeah. Huh. I thought she was equally good as anyone else. Not sure how high that bar is. I don't think it's very high. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the problem is that in the books, Ginny is really fun and spunky and more silly like Fred and George and like gives people crap and stuff like that. And in the movies, she's just kind of flat and not really neutered, exciting. Yeah. And in the previous movies, she doesn't have that many lines. The actress who plays her is really young. So I've I've been trying to give her the benefit of the doubt the whole time. Maybe it's a director thing. She's a kid. The director or the writer should step in and make things a little easier for her. But in this movie, man, she is actually really bad. (laughs) And I didn't want to admit it, but I forgot. It wasn't until like really watching this in prep for this podcast that she has like a lot of lines and she delivers all of them in the same boring way. Harry. Yeah, it's just very nonchalant. Yeah, and even when she's supposed to be, like, cute, later on when she's feeding him the tart and she's supposed to say, open up you, but it's supposed to be like, open up you, like a cute thing, but she's just like, open up you. (laughs) It is a little threatening. It's like she's trying to play one of those, like, paintings that move, but she doesn't move. (laughs) So, like, a real painting. I don't know. It's not not great. I think, though, part of these movies is that they cast all these kids so young Uh that they were cast more on appearance, I think, maybe than right. acting ability. Because, mm-hmm. brother, it also could be direction, getting a, almost a different director almost every movie. Sure. Like, who knows who was bringing what to the table. But, mm-hmm. God, this is hard to watch. These kids. <laughs> Harry, don't. <laughs> Harry, don't be daft. We're going with you. It's just like every <laughs> single line feels like a high school performance. Yeah, I like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, I remember seeing him in the first few movies and being like... This child is acting as if he were on a stage. Yeah, where, mm-hmm. where a lot of child actors they get their like startup 
in like stage production, which is so different from film. Yeah, you're encouraged mm-hmm. to ham it up and yeah, take and up space. loud, yeah. and you have to be kind of just very physically loud, and everything has to be very strong. And you like don't that doesn't really depict what good acting is. And then well, he kind of film acting that. versus stage acting. Film acting is super subtle. It's yeah, that's like, true. You should always downplay because the camera will pick up every little facial movement on right. stage. You have to be like bow, wah, 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 like mm-hmm. Kristen Chenoweth. You know what I mean? Yes. I've heard that name before. (laughs) Mike! (laughs) I know she's in stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but also I think that they they have gotten better since, right? Yes. Because like Emma Watson, Mm -hmm. so bad in these movies. But she's like good now. Yeah, I I think she's a little like you're saying, maybe she did stage acting too. Because she feels very, it's always an extreme. She's very distraught. She's very sad. She's very offended. But also that could be direction and also writing because as I mentioned last time I don't mm-hmm. think any of these female characters are very well written so if you don't have information how can you possibly inform the character yeah I don't know no you tell me Bettina you're the villain <laughs> I mean when we when we write scripts we usually kind of do a read through even though we're not done with it to know if it sounds right in yeah. real life I don't know you don't do that when you write books really dialogue a lot can of be bad yeah. yeah what's really hard and what I don't understand is like the books I think wrote these enough and I think Hermione's written better Ginny's written better and not all of that necessarily translates to the movies but I don't know how involved JK was in the process but I feel like you can just get her in the room and have her read over the script and she could be like Ginny's supposed to be funny why isn't she funny right why is Hermione this way why is so and so like it feels like they had the source material or the characters written a certain way and that's why this is all disappointing like I'm all upset that Ginny isn't great because in the books she's so much fun yeah. and then the movie she's just there yeah. and I don't get how you don't get JK to come in and just say, hey, David. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We, I, mean, right. I wish we did know if that mm-hmm. was a director trying to inform an actor, if that was an actor unable to give the performance the director was wanting. I don't know. All right. But also, if the actor can't do it, I understand you've cast Jenny. Recast her. They recast. You want to recast in the sixth movie? Dog, I don't know. They, look, if you can recast Percy? Rachel in Batman Begins they and Dumbledore. Um, Percy? The old, the guy died. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't recast Percy. It was Chris uh, Rankin the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like one of the brothers is different in the first movie. No. Really? They're all the same. They just don't show some of the brothers until later on. Bill doesn't show up until the seventh movie, even though he's in the earlier books. He's Don Gleason. Yes. He's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Softly. He's so hot. Thank you. That's my time. Come on the podcast. Open your mouth. Wait, what was the question? Open up. Open my mouth. Come on, open up. Come on, open up. Honestly, for the movie Ginny, that would have been more on brand to open your mouth, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, past Mike. I too wanted Bonnie Wright to be better in this film, but it's okay because we're about to take a little bit of a break here, and it's going to be very fun because I'm here with a very special guest. His sister. It's editing Megan for a little bit of Wingardium at Ridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Calm. Megan, you have a child that's three years old. You haven't slept in three years. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) If you need help going to sleep, there's a great app for you. Now that she's old enough, she just got her first bed today, so maybe she'll start sleeping. And if you want to sleep while she's sleeping, you can use Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep and relaxation. It can transform your nights, which will mean better days. You are literally yawning (laughs) as we record. This ad read. I'm so tired. 
I recommend their sleep stories. They're like bedtime stories for adults. They can help you fall into a nice deep sleep. They have great voices. They recently added LeVar Burton and Nick Offerman, which is great. Oh, so I they'll just Nick. lull you into sleep. And if you go to com.com slash powderless, you can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription. This includes hundreds of sleep stories and other content. They have these guided meditations with falling rain in the background mm. where they're like, breathe in, ah, <laughs> which is really nice and really gets you in the zone, in the zen or asleep. You can join the over 60 million people who use Calm and get the sleep that you need tonight. For a limited time offer, you can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription if you go to calm.com slash potterless. That is C-A-L-M.com slash potterless. Once you join, you get unlimited access to their entire library and new content is added every week. So go check it out today at calm.com slash potterless. Save that 25%. Get some sleep for the first time ever today. (laughs) And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is slash Bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's a slash club.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. That's a wild flex and cards off a four dollars slab packs in a more transparent way. That's a really good sports nerd slash Pokemon nerd. For all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So later on, we get the scene where Snape and Bellatrix and Narcissa all meet up to talk about the Draco situation and making the Unbreakable Vow. 
you lose out on one element that I always thought was fun in the book, which is Pettigrew is basically Snape's servant at this point, and Snape just bosses him around and makes them get him wine and stuff. So they just nix that. Another thing that they nix that I didn't realize until I was reading a Wikipedia article about the difference between the books and the movies is that in the books, when Bellatrix first teleports in, she kills a fox. What? Which I totally forgot. She thinks it's an aura, but she kills it. And then she's like, oh, don't worry, Narcissa. It's just a fox. And then they keep on going to Snape's house. I forgot that, that happened. Movie. Why? Yep. That's my biggest gripe. <laughs> I was promised a dead fox. <laughs> <laughs> on page 47. <laughs> so they change a little bit of stuff here where Bellatrix is like very anti-Snape and not trusting him, which Ugh. isn't exactly the vibe in the book. And then also Bellatrix is the one that asks Snape to make the Unbreakable Vow, or in the books, it's Narcissa. So you change the vibe of it where in the movie you have Bellatrix asking Snape out of like distrust, whereas in the book Narcissa does it more out of desperation. So she's more like, I need someone to defend Draco put your money where your mouth is. Right, Whereas okay. Bellatrix is more like, I don't, we believe, don't believe you. you. Put your money where your mouth I is. I feel like they really wanted to make, I almost called her Helena. I mean, that is the actress. They really wanted to make Helena Bonham Carter a bigger villain in the movies right. than she was really in the books. I 100%. think she was far more nuanced in the book. She wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah. I always imagined her more as like Starscream for Transformers where she's You're crazy and unhinged. That to me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically crazy unhinged but not there a ton and I'm I just, think I'm just hang on we got to circle back to this Transformers thing. <laughs> You don't know any actors, <laughs> but you have a deep cut reference for Transformers, the TV show. Boys will be boys. Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Go on. But yeah, I think it was more of, I don't know how much they were paying her, but I'm sure to get Helena Bonham Carter in the movies, you got to pay top dollar. So they were like, look, we'll, let's put her in some more scenes, which I fully support. Yeah. If you're going to have her in the movies, it's the most perfect casting of all time. Like, Agreed. give her more lines. Put her in more I don't know. I think stuff. I could have played Bellatrix of Strange. I think I want to kill that role. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this, you know, let me know. Yeah, when they make the HBO series, cast you. <laughs> Are they actually doing <laughs> that? How could they not? That's oh, no. that's just millions of dollars waiting to be mm. nom 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 nom. A new generation, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Degrassi. They should give it the Degrassi approach. Did they remake Degrassi? Oh yeah, the next generation. Uh, what? Come on, okay, it's fine. Bettina <laughs> is way too young for that. Before Drake was a rapper. <laughs> His name was Jimmy, and he was paralyzed Drake? in a school shooting. <laughs> oh, and then he texts me. Oh. Drake, you mean that guy on that Lil Flip song? Uh, sorry, you're saying Drake, but I'm hearing Draco Malfoy. We're talking about the Half-Blood Prince. Oh, we are back. Another thing that I really enjoy is before they make the Unbreakable Vow, Alan Rickman is Snape when he asks Bellatrix to take out her wand, goes, mm, take out your wand. <laughs> it's so drawn out. That's, I think he, yeah, I think this is true. I think he has my favorite performance in any of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, he does a good job. I think it's consistently Alan Rickman. Yes. Because he just makes big choices. He does. And I stand by them. And Snape's a big character. Yeah. And he gets to be sassy towards children. And, and get he Alan plays Rickman the ambiguity it. really well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do love both Snape and Alan Rickman. Yeah. Alan really. Rickman's great. I think he's different in the books and the movies, but I do enjoy the way that he's portrayed in the movies. I just kind of have to separate them because mm. I think they're very different. Alan Rickman's too likable to be Snape. Oh, you think? Yeah, because in, in the <laughs> books, you're, Snape's supposed to be shitty. And Alan Rickman's Ish. too great. Yes. Shitty so until the cast? very end. I don't know. Your it's dream hard. Snape. I don't know. Who's someone that's like... Tom oh, Hilson? You know, you know what they said? In the first episode of the movies that we were doing, they had... I 
Tim, is it Tim Roth who was in Reservoir Dogs and stuff? Yes. He was almost cast as Snape, and I like that better. Oh, really? Because he's always- His face is so skinny. But he's always kind of a piece of shit. So if he's playing mm. him, you would be more susceptible to being like, yeah, that guy sucks. Mm. And then when he gets good at the end, you'd be like, he was good? You wanted to feel betrayed. Yeah. Okay. Whereas more Alan Rickman, it's like, oh, it's Alan Rickman. Mm. I love See, Galaxy I Quest. I that way. I feel like a lot of people who've watched the, the films kind of know what he's about and his right. backstory and True. I didn't and I'm like fuck that guy I... <laughs> 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 true, true, true. Uh, the difference, though, is that the final books hadn't come out when the movies were coming out. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know Snape was good until book seven. I heard, you'd have to fact check this, mm -hmm. that Alan Rickman before even the first movie, I think, was shot, mm -hmm. had like a very secretive NDA oh. talk with J.K. Rowling to be like, I need to know this character before I can play it correctly. I would not be surprised. That could be wrong, but I did hear that. No, I, that sounds, I know that he was really high up on their list of people that they wanted to get, mm. and he was an important casting choice for them, so mm. I could see her. I mean, you would have to. She says that she's had the whole story planned out like from the beginning, so she would know how certain characters develop. And she did do that with the fifth movie because she was the seventh book still didn't come out yet, but Creature was supposed to be really important in the later book, and they just cut him from the movie. Mm. She was like, guys, you have to put him in. He's going to be really important oh, <laughs> in a little yeah. bit, I promise. Please just show him for two scenes. We just need to know that he exists. So I could see her doing that too. That'd be fun. So we then go to the scene where they're at Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, Fred and George's joke shop. And this whole scene is bonkers. The music is really fun and it's hectic in a good way. But there's a lot of strange things that happen. First off, Cormac McLaggen is just straight up eye-fucking Hermione. Like, total like up and down, going as far as licking his lips without licking his lips. Ooh, and it's a little gross, but that's the point. Lavender Brown is also there doing a similar thing to Ron. But then also, as the twins are walking around, showing people around the store and stuff, there's a guy just walking in the background with a fully lit bomb mm -hmm. with the fuse going off. And then they this. just cut to another scene. <laughs> I was just like, I know what? <laughs> I have a lot of questions for the I editor. accept it, and I love it. <laughs> what questions? Just what's happening? <laughs> well, I don't want to get ahead, but there's another scene later in the movie where the edits are just it, almost comical. It's mm -hmm. real weird. The I think made I here. might know which one you're talking about <laughs> yeah. and I will get to it later. Is it where they're in the lake? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> I also want to throw in, I think the craziest part about the scene we're talking about now is that they somehow, these Weasley boys who their whole character is that they're just so poor can oh. afford the upfront capital for prime real estate? Harry took his winnings from the... Charles I don't think it's enough. <laughs> Look at the foot traffic in that area. No fucking way. Well, the other thing they say is all the other stores are closed. So supply and demand. And then also as Ron very daftly puts, or is daftly, is that the right word? He's bad? No, that's nope. Very adeptly? Sure. I don't know. Correctly? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. He very correctly <laughs> says, people need jokes in a time like this. Everyone's uh -huh. sad because wizard Hitler's back. So let's get uh -huh. little toys that make us laugh. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you make a good point. That's how it works. You just made it aptly made a good point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was all Ron. I can, I can take no credit. All Ron Weasley on that one. So I don't like one thing that they do, though, is the twins only talk in unison. Mm. And they've done that on and off in the movies. And in this one, they only say the same lines in unison. Five dollars. What do they say? <laughs> Five galleons. <laughs> but how much is it for me? Five galleons. It's just, I don't know. Twins are people. They're not just copies. You guys, hashtag twins are people. <laughs> Let's get it trending. 
So then you go to the scene where Draco's at Borgen and Burke's being all ominous and creepy. And he doesn't weird. like jokes. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> I want creepy ornaments. <laughs> but as the squad is sneaking around, you see a guy talking to a wall. Mm-hmm. Don't know what they're going for there. No, I do. My friend Zach once got too high and did that for a few hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was the context of the conversation? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us that was your friend Zach. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My friend Zach, yeah. <laughs> Zach, stop. <laughs> Zach Zrado. <laughs> so when they're in Borgenberg's, Narcissa's is there in the movies. I don't think she's there in the books. I think it was just Draco. But that whole scene, done pretty quickly. It's not as intense as it is in the books. I think they just kind of gloss over it a little bit. And then we get to the scene where they're on the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. And Luna's out there shilling quibblers to people. She's uh, selling them, right? Yeah. yeah. But that didn't ha- I don't think that happened in the book at all. I think she's just the only one that happens to be reading it. And then everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, there she is reading that silly magazine her dad makes. She's trying to make an extra buck. I she's being entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. She saw the twins being Clever's. successful. Clever's. <laughs> I do have problems with the volume of her voice. She did pioneer ASMR. Oh, yeah. It's a very lofty, whispery. <laughs> As if she's talking to a very timid ghost mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. <laughs> or she's crying on the verge of tears every time. <laughs> I don't think she ever cries. I think even when tragedy strikes her, she's like, that's why she sounds like that. <laughs> she's the kind of person that just says whatever the emotion is. Like you tell a really good joke and there's she would just be like, that's hilarious, <laughs> but not actually laugh. Sad. <laughs> That's disappointing. Like those unicorns. I'm furious. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Oh man. Remember there were there were four videos on YouTube? <laughs> Charlie Numa, Numa guy. Charlie the Unicorn, Numa Numa. Charlie Evo- bit me. Charlie bit me. The evolution of dance. Harry Potter Puppet Pals. Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> Some wobble fries for free. <laughs> Such a classic. Everyone under the age of 25 is like, what the fuck are you? I'm having a stroke on air. <laughs> Then in the train, I do appreciate one line that Ron says when Harry's trying to say that Malfoy's being sketchy. Harry suspects Malfoy of doing some stuff. Ron just says, quote, it's a creepy shop. He's a creepy bloke. Which I just appreciate as a great way to summarize. Don't worry about Malfoy being suspicious. He's a creepy bloke. Ron is really defying a lot of evidence stacked against Malfoy (laughs) at this time. And it's funny because in the books, Ron is always very much on the I think it's Malfoy all the time train. So to see him weirdly defend Malfoy is a bit strange. You know why? Ron's horny this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. having a change of heart. He decided it. He was like, I'm going to be horny this year. <laughs> horny boy fall. 2009. 2009? Yeah. <laughs> what year is it supposed to be? Well, it takes place in like the late 90s. 1994. Horny boy summer. <laughs> So then Harry has a sparkly black rock in his hand, which I (laughs) I don't know what it is, throws it on the ground and it's a smoke bomb now. And then he does the invisibility cloak and everything. I did appreciate the scene after when Malfoy sees him up there, lets everyone leave. Petrificus Totalis is him, so he's down and then, you know, talks shit to him. Curb stomp The curb stomp? Literally, note I had, amazing curb (laughs) stomp from Malfoy in a brutal line. Because at this point, I always thought Malfoy is not that great of a bully. But to curb stomp him and then be like... Full American history. (laughs) And then he's like, your dead mom's not going to find you now, bitch. Like... (laughs) 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 (laughs)
thousand degrees. Yeah, he really got hard. He's like, this year, I've got a suit. I've got a tie with a little tie pin. I'm not fucking around. Curb stomp, baby. Also, like, My hair looks better. and edgy. That's always so hot. Mm-hmm. I do think this is Malfoy's hottest year. Yes. In the books, he definitely peaks here. I appreciated from the fifth movie the turtleneck with the suit. I mm-hmm. thought it was a good look, mm-hmm. but the middle part hair was a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Malfoy, I think, if you look at him across every film, he just gets hotter and hotter every single film. Him and Neville really glow up. 100%. Because he's got the weird slick back, like Ooh. against my hair gel hair. Well, that's why he had to cut it, like split mm-hmm. into two to kind of balance it out. It can't, can't be too much. Yeah, can't yeah. be too much. But this one, he's got the little, like, it's like light and swoopy, but like with not a lot of product in there kind of thing. Mm. It's a good luck. It's the light and swoopy. Mm hmm. <laughs> Going to the barber. I'd like the light and swoopy, like Draco Malfoy circa <laughs> it's your sixth first rap movie. Track. <laughs> light and swoopy. So they also change the scene after in the books. Tonks is the one that finds Harry in the train afterwards. It's not Luna, but I think that it's the smart decision. I think of the movie to give Luna a bit more and mm-hmm. make Tonks kind of the side rather than give her some stuff because they've thrown out the entire Tonks Lupin love story Although side they plot. Eventually get. They're just married suddenly. Yeah, there's no. So in the book, there's this whole side plot of like Tonks acting really sad and everyone thinks it's because her cousin Sirius died, which is a factor of it. But then also it's that she loves Lupin, but Lupin doesn't want to get with her because he's a werewolf and he's afraid. There's also a big age difference between them and all this other stuff. So that's a whole side plot in the sixth book, which is actually pretty interesting that they just completely throw out. So And for mm. the visual component, it's additionally sad because I think hottest couple in the series. No question. Oh. Tonks and Lupin? Yeah. Power couple. Hot in terms of just like the personality of it or all the factors or? Both, dude. Mm. The actors are so hot, but also their vibes. Mm. So simpatico, baby. Classic Bushwick couple. Classic (laughs) Bushwick couple. Older dude, younger woman. Pink like hair, artist, weird but mustache. He has like a troubled past. Uh, a little boho, but oh. like in the fall, and it's always fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bettina mm. gets it. Uh-huh. Exactly <laughs> correct. You've lived in New York for like two minutes, and you're like, oh yeah, classic Bushwick. <laughs> and you live in the there, Bronx, like, which I think is the farthest from Bushwick I possible. Live in Harlem. Oh, Harlem. Sorry, sorry, Thank sorry. You. How dare I? <laughs> and also, I get it. Harlem. <laughs> What? Are you also in Harlem? Are <laughs> no, you just announcing just Harlem? <laughs> Are you a globetrotter and you're just really proud of your team? So when she fixes Harry's nose... I did think the line of, quote, I've done many toes. How different are they really? When Harry asks, have you fixed a nose before? Toes and noses, though they do sound the same, are incredibly different. Mm, Go on. Cartilage, Mm -hmm. no actual bone. Mm. Only one nose. Mm. Ten toes Mm. on average. What other differences between noses and toes? Nails (laughs) on a toe. Nostrils on a nose. Great point. No boogers in your toes. Also true. Although there is toe jam in between them. Kind of counts. Yeah. Mm. Lint can get in there. Joints. Joints. Mm. She makes a great point. Yeah. (laughs) Nose can't really bend. The next line I had is, quote, okay, body right is actually really bad. Fuck. She's the actress that played Ginny. She's just Mm. so lifeless. It makes me so sad. So then you get the scene where they're in the Great Hall. Hermione's very concerned. Again, like you said, Emma Watson just on 11 with acting. She's freaking out that Harry isn't in the Great Hall. And... Ron says the line of, turn around, you lunatic. And then you cut to Harry walking with Luna. Pretty sick pun by Ron. Hey, feel like that went, right? I feel like he should have turned to the camera after and been like, oh. And everybody's like, he's got blood on him again. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I also appreciate when Dumbledore starts doing his opening speech, talking about the school year and everything, he announces that the new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor is going to be Snape. Finally! And, mm-hmm, Snape has been wanting this his whole life. But I really appreciate that from the kids in the background, there's multiple kids that go, Snape! <laughs> Which, like, how shitty does that have to feel if you're Snape, you're up there. You've wanted this position for your entire life. They keep sticking you with potions year after year after year. You finally get defense against the dark arts. You think, yes, this is my moment, time to shine. And then three 14-year-old assholes in the back of the great hall go, Snape! <laughs> that guy sucks! I love it. I love I it. I wish they had that sound bite, like, just very softly. I'll edit it in. I'll find the thing and I'll put it in post. <laughs> Meanwhile, the post of defense against the dark arts will be taken by Professor Snape. But make it all just whispers. Yeah, Snape. <laughs> ASMR. Snape. Harassing Snape. <laughs> Luna does it, yeah. Snape. Oh. Snape. Yeah, she was just very blunt. He's not a very good professor. Snape, sad. <laughs> One thing I did really appreciate, though, I think that Michael Gambon, the actor who plays Dumbledore, does a really good job in this movie. Mm. And I think he gets a lot of flack as an actor of being way over the top. But as I've watched these movies more in depth, I think he's only bad in the fourth movie. When he does the, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And every line he says is screamed. Every other movie with Michael Gambon, the second Dumbledore, he's pretty good. Again, I would question whether or not that's an acting choice or an edit. Or, yeah. They just chose the take where they asked him to go up to 11 over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, maybe in the fourth movie it was just, okay, do this one normal. Okay, yell well, this one. Ones. Do this more reserved. And then the director, whoever it was, I forget his name, but he did Mona Lisa Smile. He was like, yeah, all the yelling ones, please. Right, that's what I mean. It's hard to say. I think that... Michael Gambon's an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. There's no world in which he just gave a bad performance. Yes, but he did refuse to read the books. I love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's good. Set your boundaries. I don't get how you don't read a children's book when you're getting paid... I assume hundreds well, of thousands of dollars. how is it going to help him? You know, like he's going off of a script. I guess. But at least you could get the vibe of the character. I think his character is pretty one note. He's a perfect character with no flaws. Okay. It's not super Maybe he's deep. just afraid of being too creative and, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and just being like, oh, I'm going to make this I'm whole backstory. I'm read into it too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. every character in this is more or less a caricature. There's like maybe three nuanced characters in these whole series. I mean, think about it. Trying to think like of Voldemort's a little bit nuanced. Oh, he is. Like yeah. Voldemort has the most most depth of any character in the series because he's like we see that he was a good guy and he was corrupted by power. Mm. Everyone else is like, I just have a heart of gold. Like <laughs> honestly, the bad characters have the most depth to them. Snape, mm. but Dumbledore. He's a well, bad guy? Well, he's got the thing at the very end where he, in the seventh book, you get the reveal of him like using Harry as a pawn, and that's not kind of cool but since ultimately, he's a like, child. But ultimately, like, save right. humanity. It, yeah, and also he's true. He's still a good guy. <laughs> it's not like he, like, cheated on his wife or something. Like, Dumbledore <laughs> is, like, 100% pure of heart. How deep can you go with that character? He's also hella old. He's hella old! <laughs> so they even make a joke about it earlier. They add the thing where it's like, shit. he's 150, give or take a few years, and then they all laugh hysterically about it, which I don't understand. The most unrealistic part of the movie teenagers give a laugh easily yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so a note i don't even know what prompted it but i just wrote maggie smith as mcgonagall is so fucking good she's so Amazing. good she does everything <sighs> with the tiny amount of screen time she has <sighs> she does a really great job of it i've never watched downton abbey but i kind of want to watch it just because i know she's in it like i just want to watch more stuff with maggie smith in it because she's that's so your 2020 good. resolution that's the goal yeah. what am i going to do watch maggie smith things yep. 
that's a pretty easy goal. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Better than my 2019 goal, which was dunk a basketball. Stop. <laughs> Couldn't do it. You said it out loud. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I wanted to, but... I don't know. It's hard. You You're so stuff. tall. You can't I'm dunk a basketball. I'm only six feet tall. That's not that tall. I've dunked a basketball on 5'4". On a 10-foot rim? No, I haven't dunked a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part about it, though, is when I made that, or maybe it was 2018, I made that my goal. And I was at, when I was working before I was big podcast boy, when I was an engineer, they sent like some thing where they were like, oh, put your like 2019 goal resolution. And I thought it was going to be just this like internal thing with the oh, rotational no. program I was in. Oh, no which was like a group of like 30 people fresh out of college and moved us around. That was why I moved so much. And I thought it was just for that. So I just replied to the email and I just wrote dunk a basketball and hit send. And then it was on like a public company-wide sent thing. And all these people put all these like long, well thought out, like achieve this, do this, donate to charity, volunteer, all these great things. And then just- And what's wild is they included mine. (laughs) Like, whoever put that newsletter together, delete that shit. Why'd you put that in? Don't delete it, frame it. Mike Schubert wants to dunk, dunk a basketball. A basketball. <laughs> so then random people at the office would just be like, how's the dunking going? <laughs> Dude, you set yourself up I was bad, man. Yeah, but here we are. I, you know, at the end of the day, I did a lot of squats and I got strong legs out of it. So yay. <laughs> Speaking of strong legs. Speaking of strong legs. Dumbledore le- doesn't have him. He's 150 years old. He's a haplopris. <laughs> so... Oh, this is the scene. It's when Harry has the scene when he's trying to figure out what classes to take and Maggie Smith is telling him, you should take potions because you want to be an aura, right? Slughorn doesn't have the high standards Snape does. But then she adds something, definitely not in the books, but I appreciate it, which is common for adding more McGonagall stuff. She says, quote, take Weasley with you. He looks too happy over there, which I think is great. Like McGonagall's just like, make I this remember kid's life loving that scene. They were just kind of like standing on a thing. I don't know what And they everyone were doing. was walking around and they're just laughing to each other about nothing. Is that supposed to be them laughing at first year students not knowing where to go because no, the I previous think it's truly just weird blocking. Okay. <laughs> well, I the get. previous line is someone is trying to go to a class and McGonagall, she says, so and so, that's the women's restroom or the girls' bathroom. So maybe they're laughing at the freshmen not knowing where to go. But yeah, they're just standing on a bench laughing, which and and then Harry's trying to justify, oh, I have a free period. This is normal for me to do. <laughs> just like laugh at a bunch of 11-year-olds that don't know what they're doing in their magic wizard school. They couldn't the show 90s. what they did in the book. <laughs> yeah, you were there, Bettina. <laughs> right. <laughs> were you one, two? Three, four, five. <laughs> Please don't make her answer that I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> you, just tell me, were you born before 9-11? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's not that much younger than us. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Can never be too safe. Oh, my God. People. Uh, they read about it in a textbook. <laughs> read about well, it in a textbook. Uh, I mean, now, there's people who are 18 that were born in 2000. Please stop talking. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> just wait till 2021 where people born in 2000 can drink alcohol. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So then they go to the potions class and Hermione does her classic thing. I don't know why they make her still do this, where she raises her hand really dramatically. That was cute when you're 11 and you're the know-it-all. But now in this movie, she is 17 years old. And when she knows an answer in class, she raises her hand like this, like a psychopath. I don't understand. Did she never grow out of this? She's aware. She's so smart. She's certainly aware of the social cues to not do that yeah like after six years you would think oh everyone gives me weird looks when i raise my hand like that i'm gonna raise my hand like a regular no no she's brave (laughs) she doesn't care she knows how tall the ceiling is it's like (laughs) yes (laughs) it's at the end of breakfast club every time there's a question (laughs) this is it i don't think you should have to raise your hand to answer a question i think you should have to shout at the fastest especially in the way that they are doing 
this particular class because they're all standing in a semicircle. They're not in desks where you're behind someone and you would need to raise your hand. Yeah. It seems like it actually seemed kind of like a cool class. He it's seems a, you know, I to be a better professor. This potions class actually. If you guys signed up, yeah, third I, period, I would take it with Slughorn. I mean, that was that is a point in the book that they do translate well to the movies. That people like Slughorn as a potions professor better. Neville has this whole arc where he struggled so poorly in potions under Snape and then is killing it under Slughorn. And I think it makes more sense to have a class like this where you can see all the potions. They're up there. They're around. I don't know. It felt. When I was taking classes in college, like the earlier classes when you just have huge lecture halls of 100 to 200 seats and you can't do anything, you can't even ask questions. And then later on, you have more interactive stuff or with engineering, there were like labs and like more hands-on-y stuff. It kind of felt like that. And I liked so, it. I think we're really talking about the public school system and how badly we need reform. Class yeah. sizes are too big. Yeah. You can't get an education yes. with a large class. Uh-huh. You need that back and forth. If anyone Thanks. is listening, Betsy... Ross? Davos. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just consider this. You know, Harry Potter taught us a real lesson about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure she definitely knows how to download a podcast onto her phone. <laughs> Seems really hip. <laughs> a thing that Hermione does do in the class that I think is very frustrating is that... Her hair gets, like, really cool and hot and voluminous. I did think it was an improvement when she got all stressed and her hair was really bouncy. I was like, that's actually a good look. I liked it. But she does the thing where Slughorn is trying to explain what Felix Felicis is. Mm. He's like, Felix Felicis, also more commonly known as, and he's gonna say it, but she interrupts and butts in and goes, liquid luck. It's like, he was getting there. He was going (laughs) to say it. And that's the kind of stuff that just like, to take a phrase that my fiance Kelly said on the podcast that I'll never let her live down, it steams my nuggets. Mm. Is that your balls? Could be. Mm -hmm. Not, but could be. But like, it just boils my blood, grinds my gears when people are like, the teacher's petty kind of thing. And just that kind of, like, he was going to finish the sentence. Just let him say it. He's the teacher. I think I might have been that person in high school, so I can't oh. speak to that. Oh, no. Were you? <laughs> Sorry, I just love education. I can't help it. The, were you the worst student was the person who would ask a question, but it, their purpose was not to ask a question. It was just to prove that they knew something. Were um, you that person? Yeah, hi. Sorry. My mom makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that far. <laughs> but more of like, couldn't you say that and then just say a sentence that sounds really smart? And then the teacher could be like, yes, you could. That's true. <laughs> From a movie perspective, what I appreciated with this class for the people that are in the potions class is that the only people in attendance are characters that you actually care about. There's no extras here. It's all people that have had lines or are named or something of that sort. So I just mm-hmm. like the movie going, oh, just don't get the extra kids in for this. Just all the ones that have a FaceTime that we're paying more than the per diem, like put them in this scene. So wrangling kids in ensemble scenes. Uh, I don't want to do that. No, nah, doesn't sound like fun. Do that. They should have done what Pen15 did. Just cast adults to play kids. What What was Pen15? Oh, my God. I mean, I know the joke of it. And it was good. It's like 34-year-old women playing 13-year-olds, and they never address it. Didn't they also <laughs> do that in the, what's the one with Ben Platt on Netflix now? The politician? Yeah. Isn't he supposed to be in high school? Oh, well, I didn't see I think I think it's the yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, he is supposed to be in high school. And they're just like, whatever, he's old. How long can you play a high schooler? It's so strange for me to go back and watch movies because when you're a kid, high schoolers look old and it's whatever. I remember watching Remember the Titans being like, yeah, that's what a high schooler looks back. And then you go back and watch it like, these people are 30. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm 14. Oh, boy. Yeah. Racism in Virginia. Am I right? Football. Sunshine? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't he in more stuff? Great question. Who could have predicted that Good Ryan hair. Gosling from that movie would become the hot one and not him? That's true. Also, Julius? Julius. 
Yeah. That actor was amazing. Yeah. And he went on to be in The Wire, <gasps> which is always fun if you try to live in the universe where- The Wire and Remember the Titans happened? In the same universe. So he's a zombie in it's, The Wire. He doesn't die in- Right the other end. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, Julius is really down on his luck. <laughs> and now he's, now he's Avon Barksdale. <laughs> The Wire is an HBO show. <laughs> I've heard of it, yes. It's good. But it's definitely not bingeable because it's too sad because mm. it's about drugs and stuff. And a lot of people die, but not in like the fun Game of Thrones way. I can only assume I haven't seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's your next podcast. It is. <laughs> <laughs> when someone pays me money to make it, I'll do it. Until then, I'll just keep pitching it. <laughs> One final thing about the potions class is that Ron's chopping form it was like nails on a chalkboard for me because he tries to chop something with a knife, not holding it down and just like hitting it. Well, yeah, the nut looking thing. <laughs> yes. Uh. And, and he just kind of just like slaps it with the sharp end of a knife. And it's just, how do you, how are you? How, Alive. Yeah. Mm. How do you get that far? Ron how do you survive? Too dumb for any of these movies or books. I, in the books, he's so much smarter. I One of my biggest gripes is that in the movies, I feel like they make Ron so incredibly worthless. Mm. And he just contributes nothing. Mm. And they just make him such a jerk. They even do this in this movie with, in the book, I think there was a more back and forth of like why Ron and Hermione don't like each other. So there's more explanation as why Ron does the whole Lavender Brown thing and when Hermione does the Cormac thing. It seems much more one-sided here. It just feels, I don't know, just again and again, just Ron just brings nothing to the table in the movies. And it's not that he brings a ton to the table in the books, but he brings more than nothing. Like he's at least showing up with, like if someone brought, I don't know, just Coke to a party. Like That's why at least he's there. At least it's something. It's Ron good. supplies the Coke for the hangs. <laughs> oh, I meant Coca-Cola, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I meant too. <laughs> the Wizarding World is full of Coke. <laughs> Although I do feel like I'm not to skip ahead, but when he does yeah. take that good luck potion, mm -hmm. all I could think of was he. This is coke. This is mm -hmm. an allegory for cocaine. Yeah, they never really go into the wizarding world of drugs, but you feel like they're that's got to be the wizarding world of drugs. That is a theme park I would go to. <laughs> Those are candies I would try. <gasps> Butter beer, but it's but... got like what, like CBD in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, would would a current Diagon Alley fall prey to all the stupid, oh, it's got CBD oil in it. Oh, this butterbeer is going to get me high. There's going to be at least like 10 vape stores. Oh, Diagon gross. Alley in 2019, you don't want to see it. Yeah. Would the vape be the wands? Would you suck oh. on the wands? Oh. <laughs> we got to make those. <laughs> if you subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> yeah, if you're at this tier, I'll send you a custom, custom vape. vape that looks Wait, like and they do glow when you try to light things uh, up. Man, so I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said no to that vape company that wanted to sponsor me. <laughs> I could have got custom wand vapes. That would have been perfect. Damn. Oh, man. Well, talking about wand vapes, I can't think of a better way to end this first episode of the sixth movie discussion. So, Miel and Bettina, thanks so much for coming on, talking about this movie. If people want to find you doing stuff, where can they do it? What can they do? Bettina, you go first. Um, well, where do I begin? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Start where with the music. Start with the music, because everyone's heard your intro stuff, That's but they want to hear your real stuff. Well, I do make music. You can find me on all streaming platforms under Valiant Vermin. Or on social media as Bethole. It's kind of like butthole, but instead of a U, it's an E. Nice. <laughs> How about you, Mia? <laughs> Great pitch. 
Uh, I met Miel and Miel Monster and listened to Punch Up the Jam. Mm-hmm. Episode 49 is really good. Everyone should look out for it. <laughs> you know your episode number. <laughs> you got rid of the numbers now, though. Now it's just title Blame my song. producer, Marissa. Oh, was there like a... She said that iTunes adds numbers already, so putting oh. them in the title is redundant. Ooh, okay. Just a little podcasting tip for you as my send-off. Well, I think it makes sense, especially for your show that is not... You don't have to listen in order. You can pick and oh, choose. No, no. Whereas like mine, it would make more sense to... I mean, I don't know. If you're a nihilist, start the end. Ooh. Work backwards. Listen to you get dumber. <laughs> <laughs> the audio quality gets slightly worse. Wow, is he? The Why is it all bit before, crushed? I mean, oh, man, it's hard. It's hard to go back and listen to those old ones, man. <laughs> bad equipment, bad editing. I was bad. Ugh. Still am, but here As we are. As we go. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for coming. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they blow a big vape cloud out of their <laughs> vape wand, <laughs> wizard on. Hey, it's a new year. It's a new you. Why don't you listen to new podcasts? If Potterless is the only multitude show you are listening to, you are missing out. There's so many other great shows, such as Horse, the one that I host with Eric Silver about basketball, except not really. We only talk about player drama, Twitter beefs, and all fun things associated with the sport. There's also Spirits, which is a great mythology show. Join the Party, which is an incredible storytelling show made through Dungeons and Dragons. And Head, Heart, Gut, which is our friendly show where we debate silly things. If you want to learn about all of these shows, you can head on over to multitude.productions. Potterless is great. By Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert, as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Klauser, Lopu, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Ponson, Filio, Rosemary Dodge, Marie Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadinier, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Ross Ann Batamana, Nikita Power, Ali Madsen, Amelia Kraus, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orca Grower, Vivian, the Owl, Takari Ron, Haley Hastings, Moster, Ingen Oddstotter, Alex Consulver, John Codker, Noel Basile, Emily Tyrell, Liz Bigelow, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Inson, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillen, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou, Friday, J. Svensson, Ivor. Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Summer Rathel, Andrea Crock, Lynn Walker, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Netta Atabani, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Addie, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Placky, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Aaron Richter, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Lindsay Towning, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Maya, Kieran, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Floor Sake, Siri Scars, Ford, Georgia, Peter Wyckoff, Skylar Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Threat, Ellie Hoskovchova, Daniel Fulkerson, Lee Lily, Elizabeth Christofferson, Michael David Yordi, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly O'Till, Carrie Crumpler, Connie Bienkowski, Mary Mateel, Jennifer Went, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Samantha Lenz, Kayla M. Simino, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Out of Context 69, Marco Cepeda, Hannah Zeters, Courtney Spilker, Victoria McCormick, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Anna Penalber, Alvarez, Fake Valentine, Brianna Jordan, Jenny, Sarah Saunders, McKenna Tweedy, Mary Joy Moa, Heather, Weekend at Dead Cat Ladies, Javi Guadalupe, Trejo III, Darlene Kerr, Brad Harding, Thomas Travera, Charlotte, Brianna Cusimano, Kevin Stewart, Lori McDonald, Chrissy Tew, Bugaboo, Jarl Spiven, Haley Logan, Emma, Ashley Enstrom, Peter McGrath, Sophie Duda, Jack McMahon, Jen and Rose Dab, Nicole Linzer, Callahan and Darius, Kylo the Husky, Leah Reed, Melissa Robb, Jordy Wright, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Bill Gill, Victoria Colca Perry, Joe Radwan, Elizabeth Yu, Britt McLean, Molly Bautista, Becca Spry, Anthony Reese Dignan, Adam Graham, Joseph Torp, Courtney Harris, T Run Money, Madison, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Kumbamanas. If you want to find us on social media, you can at Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterlesspot, Instagram.com slash Podcast, and Reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. For all information about the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com. For bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash Potterless. And for merch, you can go to bit.ly slash merch on. If you want to see us live in Phoenix, go to bit.ly slash Potterless PHX. If you want to tell someone about the show, whether it's online, via a review, or in person, that helps a ton. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! <laughs>